Let Me Ask You is a podcast for grown-ups. This episode is all about movies. Ratings may vary, so please be cautioned when listening around children. And as always, enjoy. Welcome back to Let Me Ask You, the podcast. <laughs> the podcast. If you're a return listener, thank you so much. We're actually getting up there. I think we just I think we just hit 800, right, Clay? We hit 800 today, yeah. Yeah, there we go. Good job, guys. We all did it. It's a good team effort. And if this is your first time watching, thanks for joining us. Let us know on any of the social media platforms how you heard about us. We'd love to know. Um, today, we're here with Jason, who is something of a movie connoisseur. And we're here today to discuss his repertoire of uh 2022 films we're gonna try to get through as many as we can we didn't really like set a number on this but i love talking about movies dude it's like one of my favorite fucking things but it's so it's it's a rarity these days to find someone who appreciates movies as like an art and like the time and effort and like genius behind like writing and stuff for movies and like a lot of my friends are just like haha movie and it's like okay and it's fine If, if that's how you view movies it's just like subtle entertainment good for you but when a movie is done well i think that it should be acknowledged and i really like taking deep dives into movies that deserve that type of acknowledgement so jason thanks for joining us man give us a a little intro of yourself before welcome uh, to the jake in the morning show i i i appreciate you guys inviting me on really it's a it's an honor uh congrats on 800 um oh thanks dude you know cowbell been following you guys for for two years now even throughout that break so, so it's, I appreciate you guys uh, inviting me on here, but no, as you said, um, my name's Jason. I, I love movies. It's just when I, um, when I left, you know, became an adult and left home, I was kind of by myself at times. I didn't have many, too many friends at first until I made some. So I, I kind of started watching movies and while I was watching films and, and stuff, I, I fell in love with it and I was researching it and, you know, taking these film classes and stuff like that to, uh, better understand how movies were made and, and that's kind of where I'm at now. I just, I love watching movies, but more importantly, as Jake said, I love the art of how the movies are made. All right, Claire, let's get your hot take on, on how you view movies. Well, let's see. Um, movies are fun to watch. It's uh, every once You're in a while, so you know, hard. there's some, <laughs> there's some storytelling <laughs> elements. I'm a storyteller. You know, I like to put, I like to tell stories. I like to play games that tell stories. So I enjoy when there's a good movie with a good story. You know, I might not know as much about like sound design and cinematic art form as the two of you, but let's just take a note in the room that none of us are experts. No, no, never nope. claim to be. No, just heavily opinionated. <laughs> I am the movies. <laughs> That's me. <laughs> movie, I, dude. It, those movies aren't bad, right? Like you take a movie like Godzilla or Pacific Rim both masterpieces but like it fills that void of like haha movie <laughs> you know what i mean like that not everyone funny, is gonna be a fucking it's funny winner. you say that i actually really enjoy watching pacific rim no pacific rim is it badass is a, it's it, in dude, my top it five really good movie. it's in my yeah. top five what happened to the second one dude i was watching like reels from it the other day on youtube i was like this this took such a left turn it is it isn't even pacific rim anymore no, no it no. sucks pacific rim 2 is not good but pacific rim 1 is like one of the best action movies i think i've seen we oh, should make yeah. a Pacific Rim one two. First one is so one point two. Okay, let's let's jump into it with the top five. Let's just start with the top five. Yeah, I'm gonna be real honest. I have not seen a lot of these movies. I want to see at least four of the top five, and I have seen one of them. 
So the Fablemans, the Batman, I've seen that. I mean, come on. If you haven't seen the Batman, just click off this podcast, go watch the Batman, and then come back. Babylon, I believe number four is Everything Everywhere All at Once. That's the name. Yeah. Yeah. Saw the trailer for that the other day. Looks great. Top Gun, really? Come on. Yeah. Man. Yeah. Uh, You're better top- than that. No, look. So I know. Um, when I watched Top Gun Maverick, man, there was I was just so impressed by how it was made. You know what I mean? The, the, the work that Tom Cruise put in, not just Tom Cruise, but the rest of the actors put in to get this to get this film made. And there was this point um, in the third act. There was this fifteen minutes, you know, where they're they're in the jets, they're flying through the mountains, they're beginning their mission, and there was that fifteen minute point where I was like, "Man, holy shit! This might be the." one of the you know top five coolest 15 minutes I think I've ever seen in movies. Um, I do think it was a little predictable towards the end. I'm not going to get you know too much. In... Have you seen it? I'm not going to watch it. Oh, okay, okay. Cool. So there's, you know. <laughs> Couldn't pay me enough. It was, there's, I thought it was a little predictable at the end. Um, but overall, the cinematography and the work the actors put in to actually do a lot of these stunts or to actually get in the jets, I thought was actually... Uh, really impressive and it made me appreciate the film more than i think some other people like you who refuses to go see the movie which i'm actually curious why you refuse to see the movie is it because of tom cruise or tom cruise is actually a dick yeah he's a dickhead yeah. in real life but is that the reason yeah. i'm not a big dude, war movie fan and i'm just not a tom cruise fan i i choose not to support anything he does dude and it really sucks like they say don't meet your heroes right i didn't get to meet him and i'm like <laughs> I don't like it, dude. It's like, dude, he's one of my favorite actors growing up. When I found out that he like mistreats people on set constantly, yeah, I was like, yeah, no like idea. if you're gonna be successful, don't also be a dick, you know? Right? Yeah, you're already um, successful. Jason, let me ask you, what makes a good movie? You know, for me, what makes a good movie is something that just it it keeps me entertained from start to finish. Right? I know that's kind of like a basic answer, but I just like if. Somehow, sometimes I can get rid of the fact like, hey, the cinematography is not very good or the uh, the sound quality is not very good as long as the movie's entertaining. If I have fun during the movie, if I'm like, you know what, I had fun and I walk out of there, I think that's what makes um, the movie good. Now, what makes the movie great for me is things like the cinematography, the VFX, um, the story, things like that. But most importantly, as long as I have fun watching a movie, that's all I care about. You make a good point, but I think it, it's good that like, I think movies that deserve to be criticized are the ones that I try to be most critical of. Because I think there's a, a stark difference between movies that are made for fun and then movies that are made to tell a good story. And a lot of that has to do with like the immersion and stuff. So if you're, if you're doing a good job, then at no point should the viewer be broken from that universe. And I think Top Gun did a really good job of that. Mainly because they were able to sort of pay homage to the original casting right like they didn't make tom cruise like he wasn't the fucking like he, like he wasn't really the main guy right what was his rooster what was the dude's name rooster yeah rooster it, it was him he was the main guy and, and so even a big name like tom cruise almost taking like um a back seat in that movie was good so i it didn't break immersion at all, and they were able to continue the story while also telling a new one. So I thought that it was they did a, it was very well done. I actually wonder how many people enlisted in the Navy because <laughs> after of that they movie. Saw after it. Top Gun. I, I seen like uh, pictures on Facebook and Twitter of like recruiting like you know recruiters outside of movie theaters. I wouldn't doubt it, dude, because they said that the first one a lot of people joined after the first one was made, and this one was phenomenal. So I wonder how much of an impact that had. Well, this I didn't movie... even watch the first Top Gun. 
Well, this movie's way better than the first one. The first one, I think, is yeah. overrated. I know at the time they say, you know, it was it was kind of a, a good movie, but I don't I don't think the first one's that great at all. This second, this mm-hmm. one though, I thought was really really good. Maybe maybe it's just that I am a conspiracist, but war movies are just propaganda to get people to join the military. Every time I watch a war movie, I'm like, uh, they want me to join the military. Yeah, I could, I can maybe see that. I think it depends on the context of the war movie, though, because I think a lot of them hold like historical significance and stuff that sort of serve as like an educational platform, like an entertaining educational platform. Versus like, I'm just gonna use an example. I already talked to, you. I think I talked to both of you about it though. But um, all quiet on the Western Front. Like, I don't think in any universe that could have possibly convinced me to join the military, right? But the way that the movie was written, it was less about. I mean, no, actually, I think it, it was about it was about the camaraderie and the fun of joining the military, and it was it was painted as this grand adventure that you could go with your friends at the front lines and serve your country and like be become like a glorious warrior. But the, I it was the sound design, it was the music and everything that had such a somber undertone the entire movie, even during the parts that were meant to be celebratory or like fun, right? And it was just it was so beautiful the the juxtaposition between like the the actual front lines and the moments of quiet where the cast was off doing something like finding food or whatever and it was in those moments that like my jaw was dropped pretty much the whole time because it felt so real you know what i mean and it didn't, didn't seem like it was a disservice or trying to push an ulterior motive at all it was it was a just a beautifully crafted motif and i just i don't know man I thought, did you watch it, Clay? I know that I suggested it to you. So I, did, I haven't watched it yet, but it's on my list. Yeah, and there's this one scene, dude. I, I already talked to both of you about it, but hes they had just got done fighting, and they're going to go to this barn so that they can get a chicken and feed each other, right? And there's a moment where this soldier is just like, he's staring into the sky, and it's snowing, and this gorgeous piano score accompanies this scene. And it was just so still. And it was, ugh, <laughs> I, I, I can't put it into words just like but it's stuff like that that really cues you in on the dedication and i guess appreciation for film that the directors and the producers put into things like that but i know what you mean there are war movies that are just like like fucking dude like a lot of the modern ones like 12 strong i'd probably argue is like a oh yeah fucking i don't know i think i think there is ones that are because you have ones based on true events where they tell a story, but it's also, like, romanticized in a way. Or, like, um, I always like to say, like, touch of Hollywood. And so, like, these movies you can definitely tell are made for, like, strictly entertainment. I don't know about, like, recruitment, but... Well, I guess I I agree kind of with both of you. For one, All Quiet on the Western Front. I You were talking about, like, the immersion, like, getting immersed into the movie. That's a movie that did that, like... Even when there's like no dialogue going on, you're like you're into these characters, you're into the story that's going on, you're cheering for them. Um, and and for Clay's point of view, I I do agree that a lot of these war movies are to probably help enlistment with the military. I mean, the Navy literally let the Top Gun Maverick cast film on a carrier. There has to be some sort of they know what they were doing when they yeah. did that. The military is a business; they know what they're doing. They don't do something for nothing. Right. Maybe it's just American war movies. But starting starting at your number one, The Fablemans, now I am cherry-picking because I enjoy hot takes. Some of the reviews coming out of there are that it's a time chewer, 
that it's overthought and undercooked, that it, it feels like a long time. What would your take on the Fablemans? Yeah, no, I, I disagree. I, I did read some of those. Um, to me, the Fablesman, the Fablemans is is uh, an amazing time. It is a little more basic than a lot of these movies we've seen, but um, it's a lot of people don't know it's it's a movie based about Spielberg's life, um, loosely based on his life. So you might as well replace the Fablemans with the Spielbergs. Uh, but overall, I thought everything about that movie was just great. I think Steven Spielberg is the greatest filmmaking mind we've ever had in history is, is Steven Spielberg. And every time he directs a movie and every time he writes a movie, you feel that. You feel the love and you feel you're immersed to where the fact of in this movie when Spielberg was directing it and you're watching um, him up and coming through his life and his love for film the whole time I was like like I felt that like I was like wow this is something like I feel part of his family right now I feel that same love that he's showing on the film so yeah it might not be as actiony or might not have like the greatest you know sound quality or things that other movies might have but just what Spielberg brings to the table um, from a directing and writing standpoint I don't think there was a movie this year that touched that Jake did you see it or no I did not see it. Um, I I do have a, a um, I do have a great appreciation for Steven Spielberg movies, and he is very heavy into the storytelling aspect of movies. Like, and he's made a ton of classics, like World of Worlds, Indiana Jones, War Horse, which is I don't know if you've ever seen War Horse, but that was really good. Um, and then uh, talking about war movies again, like Saving Private Ryan or Ready Player One. Like he he dude he touched he's all over the place there isn't something that he won't direct i mean, so, I mean we still got jurassic park and, and jaws and et i mean these are all spielberg movies too yeah he does hold credits in in a lot of movies but i did not see the the fablemans and um i i i should though um let's try to talk about some movies that we have all seen so that we can all kind yeah. of get our input on it. i think we've all seen the batman correct what are our thoughts who wants to take it away on the batman coming in at a tomato meter score of 85 percent an audience score of 87 percent on rotten tomatoes we have the batman i thought the batman was a great movie it was it was a batman movie you know and sometimes those are a little hard to follow but just the way that he was portrayed as this younger um like devil may cry victimizing himself not this superhero all-powerful just out here whooping ass all the time like he actually gets his ass kicked a couple couple times i thought that was a great take on batman and i really really enjoyed it and i just think robert patterson is a phenomenal actor pattinson don't let it happen again (laughs) hey robert pattinson uh feel free to join the patreon get my home address if you have a problem with the way i say your name and beat up so robert pattinson and rhode island are gonna beat clay's ass (laughs) i'll take him bro i'll take him i you know what when i heard um dude i've always batman i I would say batman is my favorite dc character and like captain america for a while was my favorite marvel character but dude every time a batman movie and it was one of those things where my dad would always take me to go see it right because it was something that he was in love with too and when i heard that Robert Pattinson was going to be Batman. I was a little skeptical, I'm not going to lie, just because um, of his previous roles. Don't you but, dare. He has no bad roles. But he has a certain, you know, memo, I guess. But I was really, really impressed with his ability to... Um, we were just talking about typecasting, and like, uh, there's times where... When you cast a person into a role, it breaks immersion because you can't see the character they're trying to play. You see them. 
he did a really good job of encapsulating what it meant to be Batman. And I love that it was a live action take on the detective side of him. He's always been a detective in his movies, but he's been more of like this badass crime fighter type person. Um, But they didn't really show that. They showed him getting beat up by just normal street thugs. Like there was times where he was getting, you know, his shit kicked in, but the one thing that he was really good at was the detective work. And you could still tell that he was amateur even in that field. And it was just, it was a really good, fresh take on what Batman should be. And um, I would be pressed to find something wrong with it. Although I don't know how the motorcycle got on the roof at the end. (laughs) Because that happened. But like, outside of that, like there was no noise, no nothing. It was just, there was a motorcycle. I think the Riddler was a little weird. I'm not sure that the Riddler, like, the comic book ad- adaptation of him would behave like that so i guess maybe the casting or the like how the character was written was maybe a little off-putting maybe that's what they were trying to do but it seemed like um you present a problem with no solution it's called whining right i don't i don't know what the solution to the riddler would be i'm not even sure if that's like if that was what they were trying to go for was like i don't know i, I don't really know what i'm trying to say i just wish that the character might have been written different because it seemed I think like I really liked it his because... agenda there's a big difference between like the comic book characters and the movie characters, right? And the comic books, that character was created in a time when, you know, the they needed wild characters. They needed zany villains. And and nowadays, you know, coming forward from the Joker movie forward, right? These criminals are actually just people with mental health conditions. And <clears throat> I really enjoyed the Riddler and how he was just like a fucking guy. But go ahead, Jason. What's your take? Nice. I actually no no expert. Nope, not an expert. Um, None of us I, are. I agree with Jake, especially when he talks about the detective side of it. Look, there's so many great things about this movie that both of you guys have said, but other things. I think Matt Reeves is the most perfect choice to direct Batman. I actually, you know, a few weeks ago on my Facebook memories, I like quote unquote fan cast him to direct it. I think. When he was directing the Planet of the Apes movies, it showed he can direct a Batman movie, and he proved it here. Um, I loved watching him struggle. I love that they went the detective route, because it's one of those things in those movies that we we did get to see, but we didn't get to see, as you guys said. Batman, in the comic books, is the world's greatest detective. And obviously, at this moment in his career in the movies, he's not. But I would I hope that we see in the future movies of him building up to being this world's greatest detective. Um, Robert Pattinson yeah. is a top 10 actor alive i think he's phenomenal i think he's been great in every single movie yes including all the twilight movies um those aren't very good <laughs> movies but pattinson was great in them um, that's i think yep. that's what i was trying yep. to push more towards yep. was just like it like he was a victim of like the stuff he was cast into yeah uh, but if you look at like some the of his... same thing with like hayden christensen how like yeah <laughs> like his script was really bad but if you look at mean he's bad pattinson's catalog as a whole i mean you're talking about not just the batman good times the lighthouse remember me tenant i mean he's he's in so many good films and he is phenomenal in each one of those films um, I didn't expect him to get cast as Batman, but I actually really enjoyed his version of Batman. And I like how they changed Bruce Wayne up a little bit. He wasn't really that playboy billionaire that we know. He was, they kind of made Bruce Wayne the mask of Batman. Like Batman is who he is and Bruce Wayne is the mask. And I hope through these next few movies, we see um, Robert Pattinson as Bruce Wayne kind of learn to grow into that blade that playboy billionaire that we know. And, and mm-hmm. last but not least that I, I really want to, we talk about the art of movies. The cinematography in this movie is, is out of this world. 
the some of the shots that I seen were insane. I mean, just the one that always sticks out to me is when they have the you know the chase with the Batmobile and Penguin's cars upside down. And you're looking at it from Penguin's point of view with Batman walking towards him, so he's looking at Batman so cool. upside down. Yeah. I think the cinematography was just out <laughs> yeah. of this world. I was panicking with the penguin when I saw that. That's really <laughs> yeah. scary. Yeah. But it's like <laughs> when you when you go from this character that literally went toe to toe with Superman, and he's just a guy, mind you. He's literally a, he's not a super power like person. He's literally just a guy who went toe to toe with Superman, and now he's literally like having sloppy street fights with just thugs. Like it's ah, oh, dude, it's just so refreshing. Yeah, I. Uh... But once again, Batman carries the fucking DC universe. Oh yeah, always, yeah. Oh, always, for sure. Always. It's been happening for a yeah. long time. The only good DC movies are Batman movies, dude. Yeah, that's a fact. So coming in at, I think the next one we've all seen is Nope. Coming in at eighty three percent on Rotten Tomatoes by critics, and this is where I I'm gonna I'm gonna do a hot take here. People are fucking stupid because the audience <laughs> review is at 69%. And I know that 90% oh, of those people on. leaving bad reviews are just fucking idiots that can't They're haters. The story. This isn't, isn't Cube Peel. It wasn't funny. <laughs> I didn't realize the audience score was that low. I yeah. didn't, I, dude, I didn't, I didn't know. Dude, I've actually heard people give Jordan Peele's movies a bad rap. And I generally don't fucking understand it. I guess. Well, I dude, think I just because his movies are so fucking sophisticated. Yeah, like you gotta. Pay you don't attention. have to be a fucking rocket scientist. No, you don't have to be a rocket scientist to appreciate the genius behind his movies. Like, there's obviously very like hot topics being discussed throughout these films, and he the way that he touches on them is not in a fucking like woke in your face, like look at my plight kind of way. It's very just like it drives the story, and it does such a good job driving the story. And the number one thing I loved about this movie the use of color mm. with with being in the desert and this very bland landscape and then you got the sky it's blue and white right there's not a lot of colors there but everything else in the movie is so fucking colorful it's it's amazing that's actually not something i thought about but yeah it's a really good point i was actually watching a video too on on sound design for nope and the the stuff that they were doing to like record like how the alien made its sounds it like oh dude it's so cool yeah, I think I seen that on YouTube. I don't know if that's where you watched it at, but I seen a video kind of like that on YouTube. And if you'll allow me, um, I'm just gonna discuss horror for a second um, because I feel like, and this this is one of the things that like this is definitely touch of Hollywood is this genre. Nine times out of ten, if you watch an indie produced horror film, like one of those ten minute shorts, it's probably gonna be better than some of the Hollywood movies that you've seen. And I think so often. I was, I was watching this video, dude, and it was, like, the difference between um, horror and terror, I believe it was. The, the story with, like, the monkey paw, right? Stop me if you guys have heard it. But the farmer um, struggling financially comes across a monkey paw, and he wishes upon this monkey paw that uh, he gets some money. I don't remember the amount of money. He wishes for it. It's his first wish. Um, foreman comes the next day, tells him that his son died while at work, but he's going to get compensated with this money. And it was the amount of money that he wished for. The next night, Farmer's in bed with his wife. They're obviously distraught because their son passed away. He uses the monkey paw for his second wish. And he wishes that his son would come back to life. And in the middle of the night, you start hearing the weapon on the door. Someone's knocking at the door. And uh, his wife goes to answer it. And realizing the cruel nature of the monkey paw, the farmer quickly wishes his third wish that whatever was on the other side of the door was no longer there. And the wife opens the door. Nothing's there. Terror is not knowing what's on the other side allowing yourself to fill in the blanks 
immersing yourself to sort of find a solution to what scares you. Horror is very much a handheld experience where the threat is obvious and you know what's happening. I think that Nope especially has broken the cycle of where something will become really popular in the horror franchise and that's Hollywood runs with it. Take um, the Blair Witch Project, for example, right? The found footage error. Holy shit. Blair Witch Project was really good. Paranormal Activity 1 was really, really good. Every movie that comes after that is it's the same washed up storyline. And all these fucking movies, like, and people will defend Insidious and these types of movies. I don't understand why they're not good. It's it, when, when you know. It's really frustrating when you make a movie and you cue them in on every little thing that's happening. You identify the the threat with a noise or a musical score. You're telling people when to be scared. You're giving them the answers. The way Jordan Peele does it is he puts a threat in front of you, an unknown threat, and you're left scrambling with the characters to put the pieces together of what this threat is. So when the characters are filled with terror don't know what's happening and trying to figure stuff out when their heart is pounding when they're sweating you're you're right there with them because you don't know what's happening either like you can't tell them run away like there's something bad happening because you don't know and i love 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 how he can break from that hollywood touch and bring a really refreshing take to horror because i think that's one of the most neglected and abused genres that is currently in hollywood and it's actually one of the genres that i take most appreciation with because when it's done right whoa and i'll give you an example right i don't know if you've ever seen lights out have you jason have you seen lights out yeah i have i have the movie wasn't that great and i'll say that it it definitely fills in a lot of those tropes that you know of funny enough i don't know if you two know this but lights out was actually an independent film and it was on youtube and it won an award for best horror film or whatever it won. And they actually received funding to make their own movie. That's how that movie came to be. If you go on YouTube right now and you look up Lights Out, like the the short film, 100 times better. It leaves you with that sense of not understanding. And it is really, really well considering how short it is. And put it on Hollywood, try to make it a AAA title. And now all of a sudden it's it's been washed up. It's been used. It's just, it's not good. It fills the holes in what in the what has been successful in the past, and people are too scared to see things flop, so they just stick with the tried and true. And unfortunately, that's tried and true isn't very popular. You got to take risks and you got to do things that um, are going to take people off guard. When you do stuff like Nope, where um, just just everything about it, like the colors, the sounds, the the storyline, the the dread from not knowing, it's. It was like, I told all of my friends, it was such a big, fresh breath of air, dude. Like, I couldn't, I can't begin to tell you how much I appreciate it just because of how much I appreciate horror. So that's like, that's my hot take. That's my hot take on horror as a whole and why I like Nope so much. I don't think, um, I know, I I totally see where you're coming from. Not all the things I've thought about before, I totally see where you're coming from, though. But I agree with you when you say that Nope was refreshing. And I think that's all of Jordan Peele's movies, though. They're refreshing like that because he has this yes. un- he has like this unique mind when he's writing when he's writing a film and, and that easily transfers to the big screen. Uh, I think he does a great job of actually blending 
Um, his movies have a little bit of comedy to him. And I think he does a really great job of blending like that suspense with the perfectly timed comedy. Um, mm-hmm. And that works out real well because it never takes you out of the movie. I think sometimes people try to throw comedy into movies too much and it takes me out of the movie. I'm like, okay, yeah, you're trying way too hard now. But with Jordan Peele, yeah. I, I never feel like he's trying hard. Um, and I also think that Kiki Palmer and, and, and Daniel Kaluuya had amazing chemistry in the movie. I thought that's another reason why the movie was so good. But I mean, all three films Jordan Peele's made, Get Out, Us, and, and Nope, are all unique and phenomenal experiences. With Nope, we saw critics really watching the movie and judging the movie based on what it was. The audience kind of just argued about the movie. I have not seen this next movie that I want to talk about, but I want your take on it because you have seen it. Because it's exactly the opposite. The critics on Rotten Tomatoes are giving it a 66. The audience is giving it a 90. I have watched the trailer and I've watched a lot of reviews and I've read a lot of articles about it. And there's a lot of controversy around this movie. The Well. Yeah. The Whale um, is Brendan Fraser put together the best acting performance I've seen all year in this movie. Uh, if he doesn't win the Oscar, the Academy, you know, the Oscar for best actor, I think I'm shutting it off. I know that's towards the end of the show anyways, but I think I'm going to shut it off. His performance was so real. Like, I felt his emotions throughout it. Um all the acting in the movie was great. There wasn't, the, I think there's only like four or five actors total in the movie. Like it, it takes place inside this house. The entire movie does. Um, but the story just felt so real and it tackles an issue. And I know some people, I've been seeing some of like the hate on the movie. They're saying, um, you know, the movie's fat phobic or it's fat shaming or it's body shaming or whatever. Um, I think there's a deeper story to what they're getting at. And I think a lot of people are missing the point of what, um, Darren Alfonsky, or, or I'm sorry if I pronounced his name wrong, but Darren Alfonsky is trying to get through. It's just, there's such a deeper meaning to this movie, and Brendan Fraser is the perfect actor to capture what he was trying to do. Um, it's just, it was it was mind-blowing to me. I loved it. I, I felt so, the emotion throughout the entire film. I think that with all the reading I've done on the reviews, I just want to take this hot take real quick. There's a difference between morbid obesity and just being fat. Hmm. You could just be fat. That's fine. I've been on both there's, sides of that, by the yeah, way. There's, there's nothing wrong with being fat. And I'm not going to shame anybody because they weigh a lot. But if you are morbidly obese and you are dying because of your weight, that is a problem. That is not me fat shaming you. That is me telling you that you are going to die because you are too big. My problem is also when people go around... Um, saying that it's like not that it's not okay to be fat but like it's not healthy and people that try to say that like it's okay or it's like you can be healthy it's i feel like that's really disingenuous because it's not it is it is unhealthy and i and i know because i've been fat dude i was 260 pounds at my heaviest so i've been on both sides of the spectrum and when i tell you that after losing weight like my life completely turned around there's a reason for that everything's a lot less harder when you don't have a lot of fat on your body. I'm not saying you have to be like a supermodel, right? Like 3% body fat. But if you're walking around saying like, oh, yeah, it's okay to be fat. It is, okay? Don't like have shame because you're fat. But I, like. Jake hates fat people. Here. He said it. Jake <laughs> hates fat people. We, we all no, I don't hate fat people. I do not hate fat people. Just don't tell me that it's good for you to be fat. Because I, I, I've been fat. It was not good for me. <laughs> 
I got a letter in the mail, dude, that said I am morbidly obese. I got he couldn't even say it to my face. I got a letter in the mail. Clay. It said, Oh, by the way. Like, no, dude, like I've I've been there. It's not fun. Yeah, I mean, I just think at least with this film, and I don't know if, if either of you guys have seen it, but it's not like he's obese, morbidly obese for the sake of being morbidly obese for the film. There's a story that led him up to that moment. And when we when the movie kicks off to the end, it's not like we're just going to make him obese so we can make him obese. No, there, there's, there's a reason he's like that in the film. And I think if people really immerse themselves in that story and really pay attention to the story, they would they would understand that. Yeah, I saw some people saying like, oh, they should have got an actually fat actor. But there, Brendan Fraser is an amazing actor, who just does not happen to be fat, and no one could have pulled off. No one could pull off Brendan Fraser level acting. Dude, he he definitely needs a break too. Like he got shunned by Hollywood hard. Oh yeah, and, this is, and also this is his first I'm just gonna kind of go off topic here. But when you talk about Brendan Fraser's or Brendan Fraser's a great actor, yes, and this is one of my issues I have with a lot of film Twitter quote unquote as they like to say it is they always want the actor that fits the character. I know I think we should just like. Actors, their job is to act. So if there's a skinny actor that needs to play an obese character, that's fine. If there's a even a, a woman that needs to play a man, that's fine because that's their job is to act. We don't need to find somebody that fits the character exactly. No, put them in those the body suits. Put them in wigs. That's the point of yeah, acting. Yeah, that's their job. They're actors to act. Anyway, <laughs> I digress. That's enough of my hot take. Okay. Jake, unless there's a movie... Between that and Glass Onion, I think Glass Onion's going to be up next. Dude, you're going to have to tell me what, um... Dude, uh, the picture you sent me is so far back in our text messages, like... <laughs> <laughs> Let me see. Avatar? Avatar was on here. And I have a fucking bone to pick with Avatar. <laughs> I do. <laughs> here it is. Avatar is a good movie. The first Avatar was a good movie. While I don't understand, like, a lot of the tactics that the humans use, because, like, it seemed really just reckless, right? It was a good movie. It was really entertaining. Dude, Avatar 2, The Way of Water, was, like... There you go, Jake. Can you see it? Whoa, I didn't even know we could do that. <laughs> oh, yeah, we can. <laughs> I didn't even know we could do hey, that. Hey, if you're not on the Patreon, you're missing out, bro. Technology! <laughs> um... The movie was three hours long, dude. Or, like, how long was it? Dude, it was long as fuck. I'll tell you that much. Like, they could have literally just put long as fuck on, like, the DVD case and I'd have been like, yeah, full send. The problem is, like, when you're lacking stories so heavily that you have to rely on what seems like two and a half hours of world building, I I don't really know yeah. that that's something I could follow. And apparently there's supposed to be five of these films, so maybe they're using the first two to just really establish the world that they're in. But the plot is very loose. The plot is very basic. Um, if you haven't seen it, uh, okay. I don't. I don't know how you didn't see the first one. The first one was like this, right? It was like what 2012 or something. 2008. Okay, so 2008, right? Avatar came out, and at the time, it was like the most beautifully crafted CGI anybody had ever witnessed. Like it was insane to watch this movie, and you could not believe what you were witnessing. Now, in 2023, it's pretty commonplace to see CGI to that extent. And so the second Avatar no longer has the advantage of being like on top when it comes to CGI, which it's still the CGI is amazing. I'm not going to like shit on it. But when that is your entire defense, it doesn't make for a great movie. So the plot was kind of weak. The world building was 
that was the whole movie was world building i think and it just it, it was it was a, i liked the movie don't don't get me wrong it was a good i don't regret sitting there for three hours but i'm probably not going to rewatch it it's not something that is just i think this right you gotta remember avatar the first one right came out in 2009 that was 14 years ago so there might be a lot of people that are young you know older teenagers young adults that haven't seen that fucking movie so having to reestablish yourself after that long that's going to take some work because you can't expect everyone to go back and watch the first one dude the plot though you weren't going to draw that plot out for three hours there's just no way you could have done it it was so simple like it was a plus b equals c right it was avatars which i'm pretty sure is a slur for them what are they actually called the um navi yeah the navi versus the humans it was a really simple conflict there wasn't a lot of conflict resolution in the setup for the next movie like i can't believe that that's like that's the driving plot going into the third movie as well like dude i don't know I wish I wish it had more substance to it, but it was a good movie. I enjoyed watching it. I would disagree. So yes, the first Avatar was groundbreaking with VFX. I would disagree with you when you say that it's common practice these days to have VFX that good because it's not. I actually think The Way of the Water put itself back on top as the greatest VFX we have ever seen in film history. Right, but my thing was like it was no longer like. You can no longer use that as a selling point. Because, okay, I got, you, I got you, I got you. Because VFX have become so good that it's that it's pretty common that you see like graphical designs that are just like blow you out of the water kind of thing. So I, I think that the next thing would have been on top of the beautiful world building that they also had a solid plot to go with it, but they didn't. I think we they have... did one thing really well. I think you might not like the third one. So I, I was watching this interview with James Cameron or, or reading about it. And he said the third nation's going to, um, you know, dive into the, the fire tribe, which this is starting to become like Avatar The Last Airbender, it seems like. But uh, uh, they're going to dive. They're going to dive into the fire tribe. So I'm thinking oh, if no. the I'm thinking they're going to try to introduce more of the world in the third one. So I think you might be getting a third movie that has more world building for you. And the, so I, I can I can envision the third movie is going to be fire the Fire Nation, and that the fourth <laughs> movie is going to be the Earth Nation, and then for the fifth movie, all four nations are going to come together, and then Jake Sully is the Avatar, and he's going to harness the power here's of the all idea. four Navi first we tribes. Steal, first, we steal the name, okay, and then we steal everything else about an already <laughs> Dude, successful that's, that's franchise. Beautiful. That's beautiful, and we just make it really pretty. We just make it really, really pretty. <laughs> <laughs> and then the fifth one, they're all gonna come together and they're gonna like repel the humans finally. I, it's dude. I, I I've said it like fifteen times already, but the plot is just not strong, dude. I don't understand how you're gonna be able to draw that out for five whole films. Like, yeah, I uh, I did like the second one a lot. Um, I agree with you that the plot is missing some things in the movie is a little too long, but overall, I thought it was a beautiful movie. Um, yeah, when the movie when the movie gets going, it's. It's phenomenal. I do think it is too long. I thought it was about thirty minutes too long, to be honest. Um, but overall, I was I was a big fan. It could have been a normal feature film length, you know. Yeah, um, yeah. Um, and it, it was just, good though. I I did enjoy it a lot. I, it was one of those movies where we talk about, like I talked about before, like I like to have fun. And when the movie was over, I was like, yeah, I had a lot of fun watching that movie. Like I generally enjoyed it. Yeah. So that's that's one of the reasons I have it so high up. It might not be on a, a technical scale as good as um not well technical it's good but plot wise, 
um, as some other movies, but I had so much fun with it that that's why I have it so high up. And I was properly immersed throughout the whole thing. Like at no point did, did immersion break, which is a really important thing for me. Um, but I would definitely say the first Avatar was probably better just because of how like in your fucking face it was that like this was nothing like you had ever seen before. You know what I mean? Yeah, I I I would swap it. I I thought the first Avatar was was something VFX wise we've never seen before, but I thought it was extremely forgettable. Uh, this one, the first one, yeah, yeah. I thought the well, the, the VFX Whoa. was not forgettable. Um, like the right. CGI, that stuff, but the story itself, like I didn't even remember any yeah. of the the, the characters and stuff. <laughs> yeah, I didn't even know. I didn't even know what their fucking tribe was called, dude. But yeah, that's that, that's my problem. The first one, the plot was forgettable, but they took that same forgettable plot and they stretched it into a second film. They plan on stretching it into three more films. And I I just don't know like how good that's gonna look. But yeah, I think. Um, Clay, do you wanna? Did you see Avatar: Way of Water? I did not. <laughs> okay, Clay, thanks for <laughs> no. <laughs> Well, okay, well, did you see the first one? Did you see the first I saw, Avatar? so here's the thing, guys. Here's the thing. <laughs> I'm a conspiracist, okay? Here we fucking go. You can't just buy my attention off of nostalgia alone. The fuck I can't. I'm, you're not selling me nostalgia. I, I am smarter than that. Nostalgia was made up by the government. There was nothing good about the past, okay? Make something new. I'll watch it. This is the same reason that I only watched Fast and Furious, the first one. Dude, you're missing out on the other. I'm not watching of them. the same movie nine times. Dude, I don't, you're not missing I don't out know. pretty much. The some of the the most recent ones are not um uh, are not very good. I think I saw like Hobbs and Shaw maybe after the first Fast and Furious, and I was just like, what what is this, dude? This looks like a fucking. I do want to talk about. I'm gonna skip to the to the number seventeen smile. You didn't want to. You didn't want to talk about Northman. I didn't see it. <laughs> Did you see X? Nope. <laughs> i want to touch on these though i really want to touch okay. on these okay go ahead go ahead okay hot take northman it was really good the plot was like dude i don't even know like it, it was something that i had not seen before I, I was just taken aback by how jacked everybody was <laughs> i was like these are some really strong fucking men all right the yeah. fighting scenes are cool the story was okay i I would say that it was like somewhere in between loose and solid. It was just like it was a pretty average plot, but like the cinematography of it, it was really beautiful. the The cast was great. I just, yeah, it was good. I I enjoyed it. I think North me. I'm I'm not gonna. I I agree with everything about it. Pretty average plot, but the action scenes I loved. Thought the action scenes were badass and the yeah, cinematography. Really, just like especially if you're a man going to see Northmen, it's just like ugh, just get your yeah. testosterone going. Yeah. Seeing all these j- jack dudes just beating each other man. up. Yeah, and dude, in like the last fight scene where they both just kill each oh, other, yeah. it's just like, oh, wow, dude. I was like, wow, that was really yeah. pretty. And the cinema so go to the theaters and see Northmen, Andrew Tate's favorite movie. I, I'm sure it fucking is. I really wouldn't be surprised. It, um, yeah. And then the other one <laughs> is X. I just recently saw X, and X was really good. I don't really like thrillers. I don't like slasher movies. But something about X, um, I, it was really, really good. And I think a lot of that had to do with the imagery and the cinematography that they used for it because it wasn't just like your average hack and slash movie. It was like these really like mystical, like beautiful moments in between the carnage. And it was just like there's this one scene where after the first um, member of the crew dies um, in front of the van and then the the perpetrator, the old woman that that was the one that killed him. She's dancing to the music, and like as the headlights turn red, she's now dancing in this this really like luminous red light, and it's just it's so beautiful and just slow, and it's like I don't know, it really feeds into the immersion, which is really hard to do for thrillers because it's like like I said earlier, it's just kind of like gore porn most of the time. Like you just you watch these types of movies to see like how 
crazy the deaths can get, which you got. If you like thriller movies, you also got the joys of a thriller movie. But if you like stuff with more substance, I think that this movie can also give that to you because the story was by no means bad. So um, I would say as far as thriller movie goes, it was really, really good. Yeah, I think, uh, first of all, A24, that production company just seems to be beautiful production company. And just to be, I love yeah, A24 it's, it's just so putting much. out just so many great movies. Um, with, with X, I didn't expect much going into it. Um, like you said, I, here we go, another slasher film. Hopefully it gives me some good kills and then I can go home. And But there was, um, I don't know how, but despite how weird some of these characters are and, and, and stuff, there were like two characters in particular where I was like, I kind of was cheering for them. I was like, wow, you know, okay, like I kind of want them, want them to have it, but yet, or want them to, you know, survive this. But throughout the entire movie, I thought they were able to take this, normal slasher film and find ways to keep it unique and to keep you guessing uh, based off of other slasher films you might get like halloween where you know what's going to happen um but also before we move on x has jenna ortega in it who was also in scream who was also in the fallout who was also in the netflix show wednesday i feel like i don't know what it is with this chick but i feel like she's like the next she's you know shown herself as the next big thing and then, um, what was the main character was played by Mia Goth? Am I correct? Yeah, Mia Goth. Yeah. So, um, I thought it was really cool how they managed to. Um, so she plays both. She plays the antagonist and the protagonist, which yep. was really really cool. And the, the scene where um, they meet each other in bed and she's sleeping, and it's just this really like crazy like what the fuck kind of scene. But the knowing that she plays both of those and how well she played both of those was really really good too, yeah. which is uncommon for thrillers. No, for sure. And, and I think we talked about it already, uh, or at least we were on the phone, is that there's a prequel to that named Pearl, called Pearl, where she, where Mia Goth returns, obviously, to play Pearl. And uh, she's phenomenal in that, too. I mean, she's really just absolutely killing those roles. And I th- they're supposedly making the third one. I don't know too much about that, but we're getting a third one of that trilogy. Glass Onion, I think, is one that all three of us has, has seen, yeah. right? Glass Onion um, was amazing. Glass Onion was really good. I think that I'm a, a Daniel Craig fanboy um i think he just i don't know his, his portfolio is so diverse he he has proven that he can play um he's a good actor um I, and it started my love for him started with the most recent james bond um series i just enjoyed seeing him on the screen again he's just one of those actors that i, I like watch him at work so glass onion was good if you like knives out you'll like glass onion it's the uh, um it's like that that mystery um whodunit type of movie which I don't think are actually that commonplace. Um, so it's always nice to see uh, like a whodunit um, clue type movie. And the fact that it was done well is just kind of the cherry on top. I know. I agree. I think what he plays Benoit Blanc. Is that how you say his name? Um, yeah. I think it's phenomenal. I think Ryan Johnson did a great job with both Knives Out movies. But I think most importantly, I know I keep going back to this, is movies that are just fun. You could just watch that movie, enjoy it, try to figure out what's going on in the murder mystery. But I, I think a lot of murder mysteries fall into the fact of they're easy to predict. And one thing I liked about Glass Onion was I don't think it was so easy to predict. Not only were you having a fun time, it also kept you guessing throughout. So I do think Ryan Johnson did a phenomenal job making people guess um, what's going on and for the actual murder mystery. I think Glass Onion is a good reminder that really great artwork does not need to be serious. It was a phenomenal movie. It was well made. It looked good. The artwork in it was f- fantastic. And it was not serious. It was a good movie. 
No, definitely. And I think another thing was um, we were just talking about typecasting, and I was really, really surprised with Dave Bautista's um, performance. I, I think he's proved himself as a pretty diverse actor as well, even though he's like that stereotypical Hollywood meathead that like gets cast in a lot of roles like that. But he's actually he's done a really good job at like. Expanding. I liked how much depth his character had in that movie. Yeah, he's he's definitely the best of all the uh, WWE actors, I think. Oh yeah, for yeah. sure, because he actually acts. He, yeah, like. Yeah. It, like I said, the Dwayne Johnson thing, when he acts, he, he acts as Dwayne Johnson. He's himself. But, like, Dave Bautista, he, he can actually act out his roles. So it's, I don't know, I appreciate that. Yeah. I like the work that he's done. No, like, he's in that new one with M. Night Shyamalan coming out. Was it Knock at the Cabin or something like that? Coming out this year. I want to talk about Smile. I know you do, buddy. <laughs> Go for it. This for movie it. pissed me off so much. It was a good movie. I'll give it that. It was it was a it was a decently made movie. My problem is, spoiler alert if you haven't seen it, at the end they had this really great opportunity to do something huge. To do something huge. They had this really great opportunity to be like, if you just face your issues head on and and go internal with yourself and deal with your trauma, then it won't be able to hurt you. And they fucking ruined it. Fuck that piece of shit movie. Yeah, I uh I'm just gonna I have not seen it. I'm just gonna. I, I was shaking. I was agreeing with Clay, shaking my head the entire time. Look, it's smart. The first two acts of Smile. I, I don't like jump scare movies. I think they're easily predictable. But Smile, I did like. I Smile, I did like the first two acts. I was like, wow, for a jump scare movie, this is actually pretty pretty good. Um, and then we get to that third act, and I was like, way to ruin the movie. Um, I still have it at 17 because because I like the the first two acts a lot actually, but. That third act, it, it just seemed like, like, like Clay said, there's this big thing you can do with this movie. You really get the chance to push home this point. And you're like, let's just go down the basic, horrible, normal horror route right there. Yep. And we're going to have this yep. big, old, ugly creature thing that's really controlling everything. And I'm like, well, that kind of just, you didn't bring it home there. You failed to bring it home. Way to fucking yeah. finish the job. I think there's something to be said about, uh, like, creepy visuals as well because like you have like horror terror and then there's like creepy which is more of like a i guess like an uneasy sort of feeling rather than you being scared it's like uncanny valley like you see something but it's not like immediate recognizable and i think there's something to be said when you when you take creepy things and you're able to implement it into film like well right i think that can kind of be hard to do because again it all goes back to immersion as well and if you do something like too abstract it can kind of break from immersion for sure. And the, it's just the first two acts of this movie were so good. I think they were like really, really good acts. And they set up for something so perfect. And it's just like they didn't – I don't know what they were thinking when they wrote that third They act, dropped the ball it, for sure. It, it, it wasn't – maybe it was a different writer. Maybe the the first writer quit and then they brought in a new writer. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. That could be detrimental to a new, well. dumb, gets- not emotionally intelligent writer who was like, I don't really see where he's going with this. <laughs> let's fuck it. Let's just put in a big scary monster. Dude, and I I, fu- I fucking hate like how you describe the end. Like I just I honestly the worst offender to this type of stuff is bad writing, dude. Like lazy writing. Like if you like um I don't know if you ever saw Sorry to Bother You. Oh but yeah, yeah. That movie has really good visuals, and the story was actually pretty solid. And then at the end, they throw this wacky fucking curveball at you, and you were like, "I don't know what I was expecting, but it definitely was not that." And the way that it ended was just like, "Why? Why would you do that to like such a beautiful movie?" So I imagine the writers of these movies that that really shit the bed in the last act. The writers are just like laying down to go to sleep one day, and they're like, "Oh shit, my deadline is tomorrow." 
<laughs> I gotta finish this script now. It's like a book report that's due in 30 minutes. Let You're me like, just ah. copy and paste from some fucking successful 90s horror film and call it a fucking day. Hot takes on this page. I'm gonna skip way far down to the Atom Project. I learned one thing from the Atom Project. The Hulk is Deadpool's father, and that is canon in the MCU now. So. That was what a what a shitty hot take, Clay. <laughs> that's that's true facts, man. Nah, Ryan, Ryan Reynolds is a really good actor. I think everybody knows that he's a phenomenal actor. Um, it kind of feels weird to have him cast into like it. Almost feels like a B list movie. Like it was it was okay. Like that that's all that I can give it. it I guess they had like a I guess we don't really know much about what time travel would actually be like, but it feels like there was sort of a fresh take on what our idea of time travel would be. Um I, I don't think there was anything super gripping about it though. I was I enjoyed myself. It was good. Uh Ryan Reynolds as always played his his um quick-witted humorous self. And I like how they had the kid that was playing. I don't know the, the actor's name, but the the kid like that's how I imagined Ryan Reynolds as a child too. So I think that they did really good with that as well. But in terms of like the movie as a whole, I might give it like a six out of 10. It wasn't nothing right home about. I wish, I wish there would have been just a little bit more science in it. You put Mark yeah. Ruffalo in a show. You got to give him some I science expect shit nerd to talk about. Shit, okay. Yeah. There was a few times though, where it was talking to my heartstrings, which I don't really get emotional in movies that often, but that one, there was a few moments where I was just like, damn, this, that's some sad shit. <laughs> but six out of 10, I'm keeping it there. I, I, I think the Atom Project was actually pretty good. Um, I think I gave it, like, I'm trying to remember because on Letterboxd you can only give it five stars, but I think when I was talking about with people, I was giving it like seven and a half. I think my Ryan Reynolds carries the movie. Mark Ruffalo's good. Oh, I just sure. think we're, we're missing some parts that Ruffalo should have been in there a little bit more. I thought, like you said, there were some emotional moments to it. It was funny. I actually kind of liked the new kind of way they were explaining time travel it was different than we get in a lot of these movies which has actually kept me intrigued into the movie um it was a basic type of netflix movie you know you get at the beginning of the year but i i thoroughly enjoyed it actually my only worry is that i like ryan reynolds a lot and it seems like ever since deadpool he's starting to play the same type of character over and over and over and over yeah, and he's yeah, that that, but I, I, that witty what, Ryan Reynolds is 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 gonna get old eventually. I still like it now. Do we want to do a hot take on Prey? Go ahead, fellas. I haven't seen it. <laughs> you haven't seen Prey, buddy. Um, so Prey, Prey is obviously a Predator movie. If you haven't seen it, it's just um, I actually liked it. The um, I think that it sort of highlighted a lot of things that made the first Predator really like creepy. I guess, um. The visual effects were amazing. Um, a lot of people bitch about um, like women being in movie or like as like lead roles at least. My thing to that has always been: if you can make a strong woman lead role, go for it. Like um, like Alien, right? Ridley was an incredibly well written character, and I think that in Prey it serves as the same thing as um, a very strong female lead on that movie and it wasn't and it wasn't preachy like she wasn't special because she was a woman she was special because she knew stuff that the predator did not they did a really good job highlighting that it had some really brutal kills um i like the time period that it's set in i like how the predator seemed an experience um is yeah it was good i'd probably give that about a seven um and it's definitely been the best predator movie especially after the last one what was that one called that one was so campy and just dumb i hated that one yeah, I don't, uh, I don't remember what it was called, but I, I agree. I thought every Predator movie except for the first one was bad, 
and I thought Prey gets back to what Predator does best, and uh, it reminds me, like you said, a lot of the first one. It's not a groundbreaking movie, but it's exactly what you want when you're going to watch a Predator movie, so I liked it a lot. Since we're in the back half of the list, <clears throat> Jason, start at number 17, go all the way down this page, and just give us your general summary, summary for each one. Uh, we talked about Smile. Uh, first two acts are amazing. Third act falls apart. Uh, Jujutsu Kaisen Zero, I don't know if you guys watch anime. I do. I thought it was a good uh, prequel to the show. Um, the menu, really unique. I don't know if you guys have seen it. A lot of people like this movie a lot more than I did. I still think it's a good movie. I think I gave it four stars. Um, but it's, it's a really unique type of movie. We just talked about Prey. Black Phone um, kept me intrigued throughout the entire movie. I was like, okay, I, I want to know how this ends. Bullet Train, hilarious. I think Brad Pitt's hilarious. Uh, there's some some decisions they make in this film that I thought made the film so much more funny. They knew exactly what the film was. They didn't try too hard with it, which is why I liked it. So Bullet Train, off the rip, it, you, it go, you go into it with an expectation of like normal, like, uh, what is it? Like, um, not like spy, but like mercenary type movie. And you're like, it just seems like it's going to be like your stereotypical act, acting movie. But you're right. It was it was witty, clever. It was funny, and it wasn't in a way that was like it broke from the storyline. And the, a lot of the characters were actually really lovable, and you found yourself rooting for them at the end. So I just thought Bullet Train was really good. Yeah. Fun movie. Really fun movie. I, I like when movies know what they are. They don't try to do too much. Yeah. Like, they, the, the writer and director knew what Bullet Train was, and they didn't try to do too much. Had that movie been serious all the way through, it would not have been good. No, I agree. Uh, Violent Night is just John Wick meets Santa Claus. We talk about fun movies. This was so fun. I, I loved it. I, this is going to be like a yearly Christmas movie for me now. Um, another movie that knew exactly what it was. Have you guys seen Violent Night? No, but I really want to watch it. I was, dude, I, I kind of put it under, the, I made the mistake of putting it in this list where I put like that, that Winnie the Pooh horror movie, that Grinch horror movie. Like I kind of like, I put it into yeah. that, that same category where I was just like going to avoid it at all costs, but people have been telling me that it was actually pretty good. No, it's, it's really good. Um, it's my Chris, it's yearly Christmas movie for me. Uh, Hustle, I like seeing Adam Sandler in serious roles. Um, I think he can act when he wants to act. I don't think... In today's day and age, his comedy movies are that good. But when he does the more serious movies like Hustle um, or Uncut Gems, he does a really, really good job. This is one that everybody's been pounding me for, The Secrets of Dumbledore. Uh, it got pretty bad reviews. I have it higher on my list than most people. I think it was actually pretty good. I had fun with it. I thought it brought the magic back to the Harry Potter universe. Um, I, so I disagree when people say it's, it's a bad movie. Um, Incantation, Incantation is a, a movie on Netflix, it's a horror movie, kind of, it's like half found footage, half not found footage, like filmed with regular cameras, um, it's pretty good, it's pretty good, I, it's interesting, it's about like cultish, things like that, and um, if you haven't seen it, it's definitely worth the watch, it's not a, it's not in English though, so just a heads up there, Nick Cage, with massive talent, is just, hey, it was just, it's Nick Cage, and that's the Nick Cage I like. Um, I don't think he makes very good movies most of the time, but this one kind of, that's what I like about this movie is they kind of made fun of the fact he's made making, making bad movies and he plays himself here. So, um, fresh was interesting because they did the title drop like 35 minutes into the movie. You watch 35 minutes of this movie and then it's like, boom, here's the title fresh. We have like 45 minutes left now. Um, I did enjoy that scream was cool because it's one of those things where I think the Scream movies got bad. It went back to what made Scream good. Um, is it some great movie? No. But is it Scream? Yeah, it's a fun Scream movie. We just talked about The Adam Project. Um, Emancipation was Will Smith. I thought Will Smith did a great job acting. It's a pretty, pretty uh, good movie. It's emotional. 
does do some things that, you know, I'm like, I wasn't a big fan of some of the filmmaking choices, but it is based on a true story. And then Barbarian was another one that I, I, I have a lot of movie critics that I really like. And this was this was higher up on a lot of their list. I thought it was a good movie. But overall, I don't think Barbarian was anything special as some people were making it out to be. Page three of the movie review, starting at number 33. Who's got hot takes on this page? Jake, I know you're about to let us have um, it. Hot takes on this page. Um, dude, uh, I, I think Red was um, some more like you go woke, go broke bullshit. I don't think that that was a movie that you should really be pandering, especially when your audience is children. So I don't really agree with Red. I, I guess it was like good for like, a, what is it, Pixar? I guess it was okay for what it was, but I think we're sort of teetering the line of, like, what's appropriate. But it's neither here nor there. Beast, it's like every other fucking animal movie, dude. You fucking, you put a, the shark's the villain, a tiger's the villain. Like, dude, it's a fucking, grow up. Grow the fuck up. (laughs) It's never good. You're never going, I don't give a fuck if you have an absolute A-team actors, okay? I don't care what your casting is. It's a fucking animal. Grow up. (laughs) <laughs> I like think... cocaine bear when that comes out i'm excited for cocaine oh, no. bear because cocaine it's an animal movie be is, is, and it's not taking itself seriously which is good beast fuck you jaws is like the only one that did it right well okay stop Spielberg. trying to be jaws uh but i think Idr- i could watch idris elba fight a lion for six hours okay i think that's what made the movie for me i would rather watch idris elba, <laughs> elba is, is... i'd rather <laughs> i would rather watch idris elba watch paint dry <laughs> than fight a tiger dude uh speaking of which i just watched um the harder they fall. I don't know if you saw that, but dude, that was actually pretty good. It was uh, one of the. I, I really like westerns, so I think in terms of that, it was um, Idris Elba did a really good job. That's the only reason I bring it up. Um, Uncharted. I fucking loathe when these um, production companies make video game movies because they never go based off what like the fans of the video game would like. They try to appeal to everybody, but people that don't know what Uncharted is aren't going to give a fuck about this movie, and it ruins it for the people that do know what it is. Yeah, don't so, take one of my favorite game franchises and fuck it up. Just don't do that. Well, I think that saved me for Uncharted because I've never played the video game. I do play video games, but I've never played the Uncharted video games. So when I went into the movie, I didn't know what to expect. And I was like, hey, the movie's not that great, but it's it's got some fun moments. But I have nothing to compare it to from the video games. Much, much like Jake and Black Adam, I started watching Uncharted and turned it off. And just went and played the video game instead because it's so much fucking better. And it's really cin- the video game is so cinematic. Fuck that movie. Um, ambulance didn't see Black Adam. I went to the movie theater. I I legit paid money to go to this theater, bought snacks, everything. Walked out halfway through. The sound design unforgivable, especially when you're coming from a triple A studio like fucking DC making a movie, dude. It is absolutely unforgivable what you did with the sound design. The fact that I can't even hear the script is disgusting, and the characters were really poorly written. It just it was trying to be too funny all the time. It wasn't supposed to be serious. Black Adam is just like really like threatening presence and you just kind of made him like lighthearted Dwayne Johnson character and I fucking hate that um Lost City didn't see Minions please let this fucking franchise die dude just please <laughs> just let it fucking burn to the ground I Kill it Despicable Me Despicable Me was good I hate that the the fucking little Minions became so popular why do they have a spinoff movie I don't know didn't they already have a spinoff movie yeah. where they were like going through yeah. time and doing yeah, shit did. Please stop. And if you're an adult and you're like, <laughs> dude, it, you're like a fucking Disney adult, okay? If I see you walk around with a fucking minion backpack or some shit, dude, I might I might commit crimes. Uh, Marry Me didn't see. Princess did not see. Doctor Strange, I did see. I actually liked it. Um, that's 
contrary to a lot of people's opinions. Um, I, I do know where they're coming from, though. Wanda, I think Wanda, while she was portrayed as how she should be, like, in terms of, like, power levels, I think that her character would just have, like, really weird motivations, and she was kind of being a crybaby about it. I think it was cool how they um, brought in the Illuminati. I think it was... I think they were pretty ballsy for some of the scenes that they put in that movie, and that was a pretty fresh take. I liked that. Um, all in all, I don't really think it was that solid. And then in terms of CGI, that's also kind of unforgivable, especially when you're coming from the MCU um, side of the house where you have had really phenomenal CGI in the past. It just seems like it was a little lazy this time around. Um, Super Pets, like, watch it with your kids. <laughs> I was going to say that. If, if, we should, if we go back Dark Strait, I... Everything, have you guys seen Everything Everywhere All at Once? Nope. Okay, Everything no. Everywhere All at Once is what I thought Doctor Strange Multiverse of Madness should have been. Like, I, this movie, the more I think about it, it pisses me off more. Like, the more I think about it, the more I'm like, I should just put it towards the bottom of my list. Because you're telling me you're crossing through the multiverse, and the best fucking thing you came up with is, oh my god, you walk on red and stop on green. Like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, that's the difference in the universes. And Doctor Strange is supposed to be the, you know, the the biggest magic user, the master of the mythic, mythic arts, and he gets his ass kicked every fucking time, bro. I, I, more, sorry, the more I think about it, it just pisses me off. Yeah, I think that Doctor Strange fell victim to lazy writing. So I think that was like, that's, dude, it's it's bad. I did like Scarlet yeah, I think, Witch in it, though. I think during watching that movie, during watching that movie, I was like, where the fuck is this movie going? Like, yeah, I get it. It's a Marvel movie. It's it's an action movie, but they all have plots. And this one just seems to kind of fall off the ladies fucking and, rails. Ladies and gentlemen, Clay is also really old and confused a lot. So these kinds of things get passed. <laughs> That's also easily. true. That's also true. <laughs> and, and being yeah. really old and confused a lot, I want to go back to Red because as someone who has younger children i agree with you this movie was bullshit and my kids were acting up for like a week and a half and they're like can we watch red again i was like fuck no you little terrors <laughs> you little terrors i don't know where you're getting this newfound sense of you don't have to fucking listen to me when i talk but no you cannot watch red again jason any hot takes that we didn't talk about no you guys pretty much covered it all uh Black Adam. Black Adam is just something that hey, it's it's. I think Black Adam is the worst offender on this um, list. Honestly, I don't. I think Black Adam is a pretty average movie, which is why it's pretty much in the middle of my list. I'd actually think it's towards the bottom half a little bit, but um, the sound design is horrible. It is really cheesy, but there's some like action scenes and stuff that I think help make this movie a pretty average movie. I don't think it's as bad as Jake is making it out to be, but I also don't think it's a good movie by any means. For our viewers at home, we're coming to the last two pages of Jason's list, so we're gonna we're gonna fly through this pretty quick. If you want to see the whole list, it's it's up on his Facebook. Yeah, or if you subscribe to the Patreon, you can literally look yeah, at it as we do. If you're on the Patreon, you you can see it right now in the video. But if you're not on the Patreon, you're fucking up. I don't know what to tell you. Um, dog. Well, I think that it it, it covers on a pretty important topic. I think that it's um. And it was it was lighthearted, but I don't think that it brought anything particularly special to the table. I think it was your pretty middle of the line kind of movie, and they just used um what's what's his name as the like the the cover for it. So it's just it's gonna draw people in, right? Um, Thor, dude, MCU yeah, is really starting a, can to. Can we take a pause on this on Thor because yeah, because MCU what is, going is, on? is taking a it's taking a dip, man, and like the. Every movie is turning into a comedy. I remember when Marvel movies were serious and it, you really felt like you were there rooting for a superhero, like trying to save the day. And it's just, it's just, everything is a fucking joke now. Every other line is meant to be funny. Uh, no, I think, I, I would, I think it's probably around the five range. The CGI was god awful. I think it might have been the worst CGI we've had in a movie. 
Um, they made some story decisions that I just didn't understand when Thor turned all the kids, gave the kids the power of Thor. I was like, why didn't you just do that when they, you guys were fighting Thanos? That would have been a much easier... Why didn't easier... you just do that any other fucking yeah. time with all the other superheroes? Yeah, could you imagine Captain America with Thor's power? I'm like, we, we, you guys would have killed Thanos in like 10 seconds, bro. What are you doing? Like, um... He even had your hammer, bro. Like, that was the opportunity to be like, yo, he take the this, hammer. too. So, I, I guess I just don't understand some of the, the stuff. They, but I agree with you when you say the MCU. Uh, phase 4 of the MCU was kind of hit or miss with a lot of misses. So, we're kind of at the point of my movie rankings where I think from Thor down, I wasn't a, I wasn't a really big fan of any of these movies. So, no, I wasn't a big fan of it. Clay, you wanted to – you looked like you had to get something off your chest about it. I just – come on, man. It's just lazy writing. I don't understand this one fact about this movie. Now, granted, it's been a long time since I watched uh, Love and Thunder. Why does Jane have to be dying to be motivated to get the fucking hammer? Like, why can't she just also be a superhero? I would love to see her whole fucking franchise spin off with its own take in in the in a similar vein of vein of She Hulk. Right? There was a lot of there was a lot of mixed reviews for the She Hulk movie. I really enjoyed it because I enjoy fourth wall breaks. Oh, don't get me started on fucking She-Hulk. Oh my god. I liked it, man. I agree with you, Clay. I thought She-Hulk was funny. I did. I thought it was funny. But that's Uh, what I... Like, if you want to be funny, (laughs) you can be funny, but just leave my serious superheroes alone. Okay? Iron Man 2, I think it was, a quote from that movie is, Dads leave. Get over it. That's a serious hero. Okay? So don't fuck with my serious superheroes. If you want to make funny superheroes, make funny superheroes, but make new superheroes. I, I really hate, um, and it's really disingenuous, and it's a disservice to women when you write a character and they are the way they are because woman. That sucks. Yeah. That's what yeah. Love and Thunder was. That's what I think She-Hulk was, was they are who they are because woman empowerment, not because she's an empowering woman. I think Thor Love and Thunder felt like two different movies, too. You had, like, a comedy side of it, and then you had Gore the Butcher, who's a god killer, and you're trying to make this comedy movie with a guy who's supposedly supposed to be this dark villain. It just it just didn't work out for me. Jurassic World, let me... Okay, so, talking about, like, rebooting dead franchises, I, oh, like... I wanted to like it. I wanted to like it a lot, because I liked the first Jurassic World. I thought that the way that they did it was a modern take on our interactions with dinosaur how it probably would be we'd probably keep him in a zoo like all this stuff like it, it was it was good the revival i would say was successful and then they sort of teetered the line and it really felt like fan service at some point because they just started bringing back all the old characters and now all of a sudden it wasn't it just felt like overdone it felt like the same thing that it was before and as much as i want to like the um what is that it's jurassic world what what is it called as much as i wanted to like it I just couldn't find myself rooting for the antagonist at all. It felt really weak. It felt like you were there just for the fan service. Um, and I wish it was more uh, like the first Jurassic World. I think there's something to be said for letting movies fall into a classics category. You know, Jurassic, the Jurassic Park movies are classics. So let them be classics. We don't need new ones. They, the, the originals, the first Jurassic World, those are good movies. Let them be good movies on their own. I think Jurassic, one of the problems Hollywood as a whole is that it can never just be one movie. They always have to sequel upon sequel. Like Jurassic World by itself, good movie. After that, for the second one and with this new one, Dominion, I just wanted the dinosaurs to kill all the humans and that'd be it. Yeah, let the dinosaurs win. That's a good twist. That's a nice twist. Let the dinosaurs win. I'd, I'd watch that one. Um, Men was, men was okay. I, 
going back, I have appreciation, obviously, for a lot of aspects of film. One of them is sort of like uncanny sort of behavior, which I felt like men was going to be more of just because of the way that they made the trailer. And unfortunately, I think I like the trailer more than I like the movie. So I'm just going to leave it at that. <laughs> yeah, no. Perfect. I agree. Um, home team. Nope. Didn't see. Let me go through all these. Spider Spiderhead was well, Spiderhead was weird. I'm going to say that Spiderhead was it was cool in the way that like it's not talked about very often because it was um basically it was this lab that was making drugs that can make people do all sorts of things or see things that they wanted to see it was very just like um dystopian and it was cool i liked it but in terms of like storytelling uh like the other ones on this list it just felt there was something about it just fell short and when you cast um what is that chris hemsworth and who's the other uh, guy miles teller yeah when you a lot of times when you when you hire a-list actors like that for your movie it feels like you're expecting them to carry the movie when you're writing is what should carry the movie because 1917 for example really fucking good movie one of the best movies i've ever seen the only a-list actor in that movie was benedict cumberbatch and he was a side character he was not even the main character that is what good writing and storytelling will do this is not good writing and storytelling so your a-list cast doesn't make a lick of difference and i just felt like that's what it was um uma didn't see uh amsterdam me time nope we can go on next. Unless, Jason, you want to cover a couple hot takes on these? No, I think all these, like I said, all these movies I think are, are forgettable. They're not very good. Amsterdam was a disappointment because, as you just talked about, you know, you think it's horrible writing with a good cast. It's got Margot Robbie. It's got Christian Bale. Um, and it's just a horrible movie because, like you said, I think they tried having the cast carry the movie and it didn't work out. This is probably my, this is probably my new favorite episode, by the way. I just, it's, it's so, like, you don't understand, Jason. It's so refreshing to talk about something that I want to talk about. Not that I don't want to talk about other people's struggles and stuff, but it's just like, it's a lot when that's all you're doing, isn't it? Yeah, when you do do that over and over and over again, it gets to be a lot. Yeah. I mean, you guys have done a good job at it, though. I mean, I've, I've learned, honestly, I've learned a lot from, you know, these, I haven't watched episode 10 or listened to episode 10 yet, but from the first nine episodes, I've learned a lot, so. This is the last page. Last page, all the way up to 80. So Which 80 is exactly pages. where Morbius belongs. <laughs> it belongs a little lower than that. But. Pause of Fury. Jason, you can jump in whenever you want to. Uh, I, th- I think it's weird. I think there's like this really weird line that you kind of teeter on when you make um, anthropomorphic animals. Um, I think it has to be done well, and it has to be something that like really draws you in. Like Kung Fu Panda. Holy shit, like, that's one of the best fucking movies i've ever seen or the kung fu panda trilogy um what was it zootopia i thought zootopia was really good just because of the issues that it was able to cover in like a kid-friendly way it was just really clever pause of fury it just seems like i don't know it's just sometimes you have a movie that seems like it was made for kids and that's just kind of what that is there isn't really anything deep or special about it it just seems like this was sort of a one-off when I went and seen Pause of Fury, um, I went and seen it with a friend, and there was only two other people. It was a mom and the kid. And I, I shit you not, no lie, at the end of the movie, the mom had to wake the kid up. And I was like, that's all I need to know. That's all <laughs> that's I need to know. <laughs> I did not see 355 Morbius, dude. <laughs> oh, <laughs> ball, if you don't man. know what Morbius is, dude, you've been in a, under a rock. Because that was like a trending meme. I'm pretty sure it's still a meme. I don't like, though, how Jared Leto keeps getting put in this box with shit movies because he's, honest to God, not a bad actor. But he keeps getting really bad fucking roles. And I'm just going to leave it at that. Morbius is really campy. (laughs) 
<laughs> really fucking can't be. I think Morbius is probably the greatest movie of all time. Um, Dude, it cost a more billion dollars for them. Yeah, to it was that. the best-selling movie of all time. It's just something that I think the normal mind doesn't understand, and that's why. It is pretty sophisticated. It's like Rick and Morty levels of uh, sophisticated, so I think it's just harder yeah. for like the average person to understand. No, I totally if, agree. Honestly, if I was Jared Leto and Matt Smith, I would be offended to be in that movie. I'd be like, take my, <laughs> name, off, take my name off the cast list. I was, I'm a fucking, especially Matt Smith, like, I'm fucking Doctor Who, bro. Take my name off your cast list. This movie is terrible. And do you know it's weird? It's like it's not the first time a vampire movie's been made, and there's been good vampire movies. So I don't understand where the disconnect was when they were making this. But then well, again, it's... just to just to do our due diligence here, sixteen percent from critics on Rotten Tomato, but a seventy-one percent audience score. <laughs> Somebody liked it's it, bro, because it's the greatest movie of all time. But... Yeah, I think that might be one of those things where sometimes Rotten Tomatoes audience scores get lower because people are like, quote unquote, protesting the movie. So everybody's review bombing it. I think Morbius might actually be the opposite where people are joking around with the it's Morbin time type deal. And it, <laughs> I think they might be giving it a higher reviews yeah. than it should have had. My favorite part was that he morbed all over those guys. <laughs> you got to explain these last two movies to me. What is going on here? Okay, so 365. I, have you guys ever seen any of them? No. So the first 365 is a very, like, um, pretty much it's about, like, hey, this girl falls in love with this mafia mob boss, and it's like a Fifty Shades of Grey type movie. There's a lot of sex in it, right? It's not very good, but if it, it knows, the first one knows its audience. We're going for that Fifty Shades of Grey type audience. I didn't like it, but if you want to go see, like, people having sex and the rest of the movie's bad, then do your thing, right? And then all of a sudden, they came out with two, the second 365, which is 365 this day, and then 365 or the next 365 days, 365 days. Um, they came out with two of them last year, two of them. And they were both so god-awful. Not only do they try to make this, like, this sexy Fifty Shades of Grey movie, but now they're trying to add a plot. They're trying to add an actual oh, plot no. to the movie. And the acting's bad, the story's bad, the plot's bad. The sex scenes aren't even good. So if you're going to watch the sex scenes, they're not good. Um, there's nothing good about the... I think I gave them both half stars. I, I think they're awful. They're horrible... And I was brain dead after watching both of them, but I did sit through them, so I guess that's on me. To the to the to the team from three six five, it's okay for sex to be your plot. That's all right. Sex can be your plot. They make websites for that. The plot to a lot of online movies. Yeah, <laughs> you can just leave your movies online on certain websites, and sex can be your plot. Don't don't break into an industry that you're not ready for. It's a. Yeah. I think you walk a fine line. Um, between like a the Hollywood movie and a snuff film, you gotta yeah. probably should read up on your notes. <laughs> <laughs> it's just it it it. The first one wasn't good, but at least it knew what it was. These two just they they're trying to be they're awful. If you haven't seen them, just don't waste your time unless you know you're just want to make yourself more angry or sad or depressed. Jason, let me about... ask you, what's your favorite movie of all time? You know, it's just, it's a tough question. People ask it a lot. Um, because I don't really have too many friends around me that talk about movies much. So, like, having this conversation today actually is, like, super happy for me because we get in-depth about it. But I guess if you ask me my favorite movie of all time right now, it's constantly changing because it's such, like, a, a, a big question. The one that I've been into a lot lately is The Departed. It, it, my top movie is constantly changing. Like, if you would have asked me, you know, a few weeks ago, I probably would have said Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I just think it's such a loaded question. There's so many great movies, it's hard to come up with. But right now, I'll say The Departed. I, I thoroughly enjoy that movie from start to finish. What about you, Jake? Favorite movie? 
honestly, I think I think it, it boils down to what genre movie because there are a lot of really lovable movies. But I think um, either the most recent one that I've seen, which is The Ballad of Buster Scruggs, I have a fucking soft spot for anthologies that are done well, um, or a fucking absolute classic, The Iron Giant. <laughs> <laughs> Well, if you've never seen Care Bears the Carathon Games, then you're fucking up because that's mine. Well, I I'll just stay fucked up. <laughs> How about yeah. that? I don't know. Uh... Stay... No. In all seriousness, uh, favorite movie of all time, probably Big Fish. Honestly, I mean, yeah. ah, dude, God, yes, okay. God, good movie, so good movie. movie. I think uh, a movie that doesn't get talked about enough too, and it, it's a really great movie. I think it should get easily forgotten about by people unless you're like some film lover is, is schindler's list it's long but it's a it's such a beautifully made movie too i mm. think Dude, a lot of people gonna, forget about that i'm gonna admit something to you um and to our audience i actually i did fall asleep during schindler's list and i don't wow. know if that makes me a bad person <laughs> i don't know <laughs> okay wow anti-semitic um, i'm just gonna say that i was really tired though <laughs> that's what happened how dare you but yeah how it was really you? beautiful movie it was really <laughs> did you at so least rewatch like, it no nah, it's just like so you're looking for no. some white noise he just fell asleep and said ah fuck it i saw the first half <laughs> fuck yeah up, man that's yeah. So before let me let me ask you a question clay how do you feel about chris pat chris pratt's mario voice that sounds like chris pratt's voice it's terrible <laughs> it's terrible jason let me ask you harry potter or lord of the rings uh harry potter i'm johnny and i have tattooed all over me um harry potter Harry Potter is really good, dude. And the the um the one that they just released, uh, double secret of Dumbledore, right? Is that it? Yeah, yeah. Jake, dude, it was on the fucking list. They, you not paying attention? No, I I was. I just forgot what it was called, dude. They <laughs> when they like when they showed you how strong wizards could actually be, bro. I'm like, dude, Harry Harry would have had his fucking soup ate, my boy. Oh yeah, Harry, yeah for sure. Harry was a small fish in a big pond, my friend. Let me tell you that much. Jason, how many wizards do you think it would take to pin Jake down so we could shave off his mustache? You know, I, I hear you, I, I hear you guys. I hear you guys talk about the mustaches a lot. Um, I feel like Jake would put up a pretty good, pretty good fight. Um, I think he, I think he'd take Harry Potter one on one, but I think, um, I think Dumbledore and Snape would would smash him. So I would say those two together would easily no, take dude, him down. Because we've never seen a wizard fight against a gun, so we're gonna see. <laughs> <laughs> You brought a piece of you brought a piece of wood. I brought a gun. Thank you for tuning in to Let Me Ask You the podcast. It's been a great time with Jason doing 2022 the year in movies review. If you want to check it out, we'll link it on our on our Facebook. We'll put it up. You can check it out. I don't know if he wants you guys friending him, but Jason, if if you do want people to reach out to you about your criticism of movies, maybe uh, start some arguments or ask you for your home address for putting Morbius on this list, uh, where should people where should people go to interact with you? I mean, yeah, you, I don't really mind if they add me on Facebook, but the two easiest spots is on Letterboxd. That's where I make these lists. It's like a movie social media platform. Um, just at Jason Grooms, pretty simple there, and then on Twitter, Jason Grooms thirteen. To all our return listeners, thank you for tuning in with us again. We hope you enjoyed this. To our new listeners, thanks for hanging out. We hope you come back. Check out some of the other episodes. Leave us a review if you can. We're everywhere, by the way. Apple, Spotify, Patreon. uh, Yeah, our Patreon just just came up. So if you guys are interested in that, um, we've started, I've started a new series on there one the first episode of it triple take with jake will be posted to the main channel um and then further episodes will be posted to the patreon so if you guys want to go support us 
five bucks for a cup of coffee we'd really appreciate it no pressure of course we will still be pumping out content for you guys to enjoy so we've currently got three different patreon tiers we've got a general support tier that's gonna be three dollars a month we've got the triple day triple takes with jake tier that's five dollars a month it also gives you access to all of our video content and then the ten dollar a month tier gives you a link to join us live while we're recording episodes you won't be able to interact with us through audio but you can text in the chat yeah so if you, you want to be included in the episode recordings live go and check out our patreon ten dollars a month that'll get you in check us out on our socials let me ask you everywhere twitter facebook instagram youtube i've been a little lazy on the youtube i'm gonna start uploading we still we still have a, we still have a video being produced right now so just wait for that it's not that great but we do have a video funny. coming out it and then we're gonna start tiktok it. listen y'all don't have to put up with jake's judgmental stares I'm a slave. I'm not. I am here against my will. Jason, thank you for joining us. Until next time, we're not experts. Let me ask you. I don't know what our catchphrase is. Because Jason, closing statement. Hurry. Closing statement. Hurry. Hurry. Yeah. Clay's mustache is better than yours. You fucking suck. Oh, fuck you.